I think I'm having an art attack. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Art Attack with Lizzie Dassin, art historian, and myself, Justin Bua. Today, uh, we're going to talk specifically about one man that most of our audience loves so much, and that's Donald Trump. We're going, we've devoted an entire episode to the art of Donald Trump because there's so many artists that have actually interpreted Donald Trump. Specifically street artists, which I think is just fantastic. It is so subversive. And we have seen many times in our country this intersection between art and activism. And I think that it's really worth delving into, specifically with these depictions of Donald Trump. And I really noticed before the last election, so I guess in the beginning of 2016, that so many artists who work on the streets, they took to that kind of space to vent their political frustrations. And this is the only time I'm going to mention Hillary, but it was a little bit disappointing to me personally that very few people were supportive of Hillary within the street art world. And more accurately, I saw them vilifying Trump. And I understand that because he's such a divisive figure and it's really easy to mock him. And and I see that there's a lot of power in that kind of negativity. But I also think it would have been nice to counterbalance that with something positive, like Shepard Ferry did in 2008 with his Obama campaign. That really launched and activated this new generation of voters. And I just wish that we had either had a candidate that we could have gotten behind in that way or that people would have just done it anyway. But, okay, so Hillary, issue aside, let's talk about some of the most important Donald Trump artworks. So... Yeah. First of all, when you're interpreting Donald Trump, it seems like everybody, being an artist myself, takes certain characteristics, much like with anybody. Obama was the ears. With Donald Trump, it's that kind of, that very shapeless, um, almost amorphic uh, hair. You know, it's a very <laughs> weird thing because it's a comb over, but it's long and it's blonde. So it's a helmet, and it has this. I can't even define the shape. That's it's like why Donald I, Duck. Yeah, it's, du- it's duckish, and then he's got the the open mouth, kind of like the asshole mouth, which like very small, tiny little mouth, and the blonde eyebrows, and uh, you know, he's you take certain qualities when you paint someone, even if you paint them representationally, and you exaggerate those features. So the first piece that I want to talk about is the one that you probably wanted to talk about too, which is Hanksy, which he did a very poignant picture of <laughs> Hanksy's, which went viral, Trump, called Dump Trump. Dump Trump. And it was literally Trump as a piece of shit with flies, <laughs> one, two, three, four, five. You know how much I love five. Fractal five. Five flies flying around him. And one of them is emerging from the sewer, so he's kind of interacting with the public space around him and making it part of this performance piece. And uh, this one, did he only do one? 
No, no, he did them all over him. Yeah, so Hanksy, he had that moniker for a long time. He has since changed that. He goes by Adam Lucas now, but he operates within this world of puns. So initially, when he took to the streets in Manhattan, he did the Banksy signature rat with a cartoonish image of the face of Tom Hanks. So that's why it's Hanksy. And sometimes when I say that, people are like, wait, did you say Banksy? I'm like, no, 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 that's the joke. It's a pun. And I think that this was one of Adam's more politicized works, certainly because of the subject, but also because of the intention behind it. So I have read the title as kind of twofold. One, when he initially put this work up, Trump had not yet been elected. So to me, Mm -hmm. I think the initial title was more of a Donald Dump. And now that unfortunately he is our president, I see it as kind of a dump Trump. So to me, it's multivarious in its interpretation and it's really immediate. That's something that I love about Adam's work is that you see it and you get it. And he's almost taking this icon of the poop emoji and then colliding it with this very cartoonish image of Trump. And there's no misinterpreting it. And yeah, people and think, love it. I mean, I think that's why it's so successful, because it's so simple. I mean, it's it's almost ridiculous. Like, the flies are drawn, no offense, but like, you know, a 10-year-old interpreting a fly with the tuck, 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 tuck trail, like the fly trail. But it's a very smart way to symbolically show flies moving in air, dancing around this piece of shit, which is really what it is, right? So... It's very in-your-face. Trump, the way that everything is outlined in a very graffiti, like subway car graffiti, heavy-duty, bold outline, you know, I think it's very it's very strong and political. And at the same time, obviously very cartoony and caricature. But it, it works, you know what I mean? Some things that are heavy-handed are just, they feel pedestrian in a way. But... I think that his expression in this Trump, he really nailed the likeness. It's hard to nail a likeness when you're being so cartoony. And usually when you're being that cartoony, the goal is to be make it more Trump than Trump is himself. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think that you say pedestrian. I would also add pedantic. Sometimes Mm -hmm. when people go for that easy, easy political criticism. And what I love about this particular work of Adams is that he uses humor as a subversive strategy. And humor is just as powerful as being super political in an earnest fashion. Yep. So I love that one. And I also want to talk about the work of Plastic Jesus. So he is an L.A. artist, and he's known for this campaign, Stop Making Stupid People Famous, and he really forces the public to address the false idolatry of fame, and fame as an interpretation. So fame, in the case of the Donald Trump work, is about this political fame. So what he did, which was just so genius, he encircled Donald Trump's star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame with a miniature wall. And this is, again, before the election when Trump was saying that he wanted to build a wall. And Plastic Jesus literalized this by creating an installation. Again, very simple. And there were flags. There was text. And it was just brilliant. And just like Hanksy's work, it read immediately and it went viral and it wasn't able to exist for very long because it was such 
a element of provocation that immediately people wanted to take it down. And then I think you know you're onto something when you connect to the zeitgeist in the way that Plastic Jesus did. So for me, those two works are brilliant from different ends of the spectrum. One yeah. humorously, the other politically. And they've done so much kind of counter uh, pro Donald Trump work. Like they've actually had a lot of like Donald Trump positive uh, gallery shows to try to offset it because there's been a inordinate amount of negative caricature art on Trump. Just a lot of anti-Trump political artworks that have been circulating from the beginning. And so I think that in order to circumvent that mindset, a lot of Republican artists have done a lot of pro-Trump installations as really? well. Really? Yeah. My circle is obviously very liberal, so yeah, can you tell us an example I, of I that? I mean, I, as I was Googling Trump, I came upon a lot of positive Trump art that was out there and people who were trying to offset all of the negative stuff. I mean, think about how many artists have, have done anti-Trump pieces. You know, it's not your, you know, your typical, uh, your typical people who you, artists who you think would do that. The Robbie Canals of the world, who mm. was, who was a very politically active artist and a, and a, a, an old associate of mine at USC, a professor at USC, uh, but also Shepard Ferry, you know, all of the, all of the, the usual, usual suspects. suspects. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, one painter, though, who is very fantastic, who's a good friend of mine, is by the name of Tony Pro. And he did a very powerful uh, Trump piece of work that, that I actually sold uh, from my website for quite some time. And uh, his work, he depicts Donald as a clown, as a buffoon of sorts. Uh, he's got the typical red clown nose. He's wearing that little foofy uh, ball, uh, you know, on his chest. And then that wraparound, what is that called? A ruff. A ruff. He's wearing that ruff, which is very, like, Victorian pilgrim, pilgrimy looking thing. Uh, and really, and then Trump is smoking a cigarette. Now, this is part of a series he did where he did Hillary, he did Bill Murray, he did Robin Williams. Uh, in a lot of ways, it was gimmicky. But this this piece was pretty pretty powerful and uh i know that jerry sauce wrote about it and actually talked about it and so i think this is one of tony's most potent works and, and tony is a wonderful oil painter who paints quite representationally but i think was able to capture the the spirit of an emptiness in trump's eyes hmm. uh that was very it just kind of goes beyond just a representational interpretation of a political leader he really goes deep into and and you know the clown nose could be gimmicky, but the way it, it is here is is actually not. It doesn't feel gimmicky. It feels appropriate. And it's more of a psychological study, really, than I, I that easy so. joke. Yeah, yeah, that work is is wonderful. And another example that I wanted to highlight is sculptural and done by an art collective called Indecline. And mm. this again came out before the election of Trump. And Indecline, they had a really incredible sculptor named Ginger who's known in the Vegas scene for all of these shows. And he crafted this incredible likeness of Trump's face. And then other people constructed the body and the work is called The Emperor Has No Balls. Yep, you found it. And that's a reference to Hans Christian Andersen's folktale, Ooh. The Emperor Has No Clothes. And is it no or new? New. 
you know uh, what I'm talking about. The one where the emperor is sold this fantastical mm-hmm. and also false tale that he has been spun this incredible garment that only people who are worthy can see. And so oh he God. probably couldn't see it because there was no outfit, but he couldn't admit that. And so he's walking around the streets, peacocking like he's the shit and wearing this incredible outfit. And everybody's pretending because it's that crowd mentality of, oh, well, if the guy next to me isn't saying, why is this emperor naked, then I'm not going to say it. And then finally, a little kid who's unencumbered by all of these social dynamics laughed and said, why is the emperor wearing no clothes? And I think that that story is so just illuminating because it really gets into this idea that we can be lemmings. And I love Indecline's reference to this story because they're signaling that Trump is such a demigod and just parading, spewing these false and hateful comments. And some people are pretending like he's wearing a really cool outfit when really he's naked. And so the sculpture appropriately was naked. Also, he doesn't have balls, which I think is in contemporary parlance, a reference to his lack of courage. And he has a micro penis. So yes, I love everything a, about it. Yeah, he has a micro penis. Uh, it's, you know, probably a half an inch and it's really filthy pink. And he's got these very, very curly, almost pasta, pasta-like pasta uh, pubic hairs, ringlets, which is just, there's something filthy about that as well. And his stomach is huge. And they've really managed to capture the varicose veins and all the veins and the incredible disgust disgusting cellulite uh, in his <laughs> bottom part of his ass is just beyond. Yeah, it's grotesque. It's very There's something grotesque, especially as you zoom in on it. There is a tremendous amount of uh, varicose veins, which is just calcifications all over his body and extra weight in his hip area. He's very amorphic. His belly, he's got a Dunlap belly where his belly Dunlap over his, his <laughs> legs, almost down to his no balls. And, um, you know, it's certainly kind of realistic and at the same time cartoony. Uh, It's it's a little bit of everything, and it's a very grotesque look at uh, our president, for sure. And it seems like they put them, at one point, they just gorilla put them everywhere, all over. In multiple cities, and everything that Indecline does is gorilla, and they are relentless in their activism, something that I've always really appreciated. They do billboard takeovers, and they are constantly voicing concerns of people who, in this political climate, feel totally silenced. And I love what they do. I really support their Mm. level of of courage and their level of activism. And they recently did a billboard about ICE and it was, I'm going to forget the exact text, but an image of a kid. And basically, maybe you can look that up and you explain that, can explain that better. But I think that they, they're among the, the most visionary of Mm -hmm. these contemporary street artists who are are criticizing Trump and they, oh, they did this one that was a takeover that was so cool. It was in the Trump hotel and they rented out a suite and then they totally transformed it into this immersive installation of a prison cell with live rats and a Donald Trump impersonator. And it was totally legal because they rented the room. And so there's really minimal um, legal recompense. No, they're, they're doing good stuff. Uh, check them out in decline. Uh, do you know what their Instagram handle is? 
In decline official. Okay. And Adam Lucas is, I just believe, Adam Lucas. Mm. And who else have we talked about? Thrashbird is also doing really great stuff. Anti-Trump. And and I want to talk about Robbie Connell because he's basically Robbie Connell is uh, from the beginning. You know, I remember he was doing Jesse Helms work back in the days. He's he he does posters, posterizations, you know, bombing at night all over everywhere. He's omnipresent, all city. And he's very dope. And he did a, a really cool piece in his typical black and white fashion with actually a orange red background of Donald Trump with a caption that says can't even. And then it's a quote from Trump says when Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists. And some I assume are good people. Ah. <sighs> Donald Trump, June 16th, 2015, and makes it very potent because it's not just another caricature of Trump. It's attached to a a quote from Trump, which makes it like, yo, I'm not just saying this dude is a dumbass motherfucker just on the strength because I'm blindly saying it, but I'm attaching it to words where you could see what a dumbass motherfucker and a racist he is. Oh, absolutely. You're tethering to facts. It isn't just an interpretation. And Robbie Canal, he is an OG of the OG. political art spectrum. Straight OG. And his style, to me, is so expressive, and it kind of reminds me of these German artists, Kokoschka, yep. specifically. Well, they look like woodcuts. So they look like a Katie Kowitz. It looks like an actual political woodcut. And that's, you know, like you said, the German expressionist, it seems like he's clearly influenced by them. Another one he did of Trump was Hammer and Pickle. That's <laughs> <laughs> so good. Which is like, you know, he's wearing the, the Russian hat, the sheepskin Russian hat, screaming, pointing in his we want you, horrible, horrible mouth. Trump's got, the thing about Trump that makes him unattractive is not even his hair, it's his mouth. There's something very unesthetic about his mouth. The shape of his, lack of his lips and the way he holds it, it feels like he holds it with anger. and oh, yeah. with, with fear and with anger. And I think that's a lot of artists... Artists see, like for me, when I do portraits, I really like to hone in on people's, you know, the way that they hold expressions or their eyes. Do they have sadness in their eyes? Do they have anger in their wrinkles? Do they have beauty in their wrinkles? Do they have life experience in their eyes? And with Trump, he's, he's got, he holds a lot of his rage in his mouth. And so I feel like people capture that. That's a really nice, elegant way of, of saying that. And it's also <laughs> the completely toxic vitriol that comes out of that hideous mouth. And so I think it's a really appropriate feature of the face to zoom in on. And Robbie Canal, he also has another signature characteristic where the faces seem like they're melting. It's just, mm. it's almost grotesque in the way that in declines bodily grotesque nature of Trump is Mm -hmm. that there's just something swollen, but melting and dehumanized Mm -hmm. about his faces. Mm -hmm. And canal also does everyone who is a Trump supporter politically. And so he, (laughs) he has a a whole series of uh, of figures. So I think he's definitely another one to look at. That's the one that you're going to have to post for (laughs) the (laughs) caption. When Manny edits it, it's Donald Trump, Feeling up the Statue of Liberty from the Grabbing back. a pussy. There you go. A tremendous roundup of street ridiculous Trump art. 
Damn, that is just crazy. So, I know. You know, it's amazing that he's been so inspirational, though, for artists. If anything else, people have really come out of the woodwork to create, and he's instigated a lot of neurons to create great art. And I think that it's cathartic. Well, first of all, it's it's to promote truth, right? Because when artists take to the streets to denigrate Trump, it's because he said something that was disgusting or divisive or xenophobic, whatever it is. And so these artists are signaling attention to that. And news sources do that too, but we all kind of listen to the news outlet that is already aligned with our values. I don't listen to Fox News. I listen only to the most liberal of platforms. And so I think what's great about street art is that it captures everybody. Anyone can see this, somebody who's really conservative, somebody who's on the fence, somebody who's not. And so I love that egalitarian aspect and think that it is very effective in this space. Well, I think it's actually important to listen to all. If you're going to get on that train, I think it's important to listen to all sides, to see what everybody's saying, and then to form your own opinion. Yeah, are they biased? That's fine. But don't just listen to liberal radio because sometimes liberal radio swings so far to the other side too that like you got to question everything like you got to question is that all true and same with obviously with right-wing conservative radio could be swing to the other side but there's there's truths in everything and and i think that like when i notice when i go to montreal like i was just in montreal or other countries there's uh, the the news is different it's not like us. Everyone has an agenda. You're either on this side or you're on that side. But it's nice to get the global news sometimes, or at least multiple perspectives where you can get uh, just different information so you could filter it through your own uh, funnel. Yeah, you're right. And so maybe a BBC or you a Reuters. S- you liberal lunatic, you. I know, I am. And I'm such a fanatic. And I recognize that the people that I vilify are fanatics just on the other side. And so yeah, you're just, right. Yeah, and that's, there, there's, no, like, there's nothing accomplished. But the most important work of art in the history of Donald Trump art, and I'll say it motherfucking now, yeah. motherfucking here, is the deli meat <laughs> Trump portrait where they've collaged him from banana, banana peels, and deli meats, which looks like bologna ironically. I don't know who did it. I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah, it's so disgusting that if you and I weren't already vegetarians, I think seeing this piece would lead us to that (laughs) that place, don't you? Okay, here it is. Artist Lauren Garfinkel kickstarted the Trump-ass food trend two years ago when she carved a circus peanut that it resembled a guy who would soon become the Republican presidential candidate. And that's a circus peanut right there of Donald Trump. So clearly, she started this thing where people started to create Trump out of food. (laughs) Um, There's another guy named Nathan Wyburn who created Trump out of taco sauce right there. Yeah, that one reminded me of this contemporary photographer, Vic Muniz. He made... Caravaggio's Bacchus out of spaghetti sauce. He did the Mona Lisa out of peanut butter and jelly. And so there is this tradition of depicting something iconic using the non-traditional material of food. So I really like that. And I think that maybe it's worth discussing why, or in a, a closer way, why artists are depicting Trump. What does this do? What is the function of all of these works that we've been discussing? 
Uh, I think that people really, you know, the pen is mightier than the sword, is people want to lash out in any way that they can. They're not happy, and, and, and we know just the quagmire of the political system to make changes is from the inside out. You know, you got to be a lobbyist. You got to be down with the Senate, the, the House. You got to be in the system. When you're outside of the system, you it's easy to complain about it, but it's hard to make any real changes. Um, and I think that artists at least are able to get their emotions out, even if it's in a vitriolic, horrible, negative way, to where people are like, yeah, man, fuck that guy. You said it. Your deli meat, bologna, banana interpretation <laughs> of Trump makes me feel like someone is you know, representing the hateful... You know, imaging of this peop- this person that I fucking dis- despise, but really, is it doing anything at all? That's the question. Yeah, that's the because question. Because that's a bigger question for art in general. You know, certainly, art has taken on a heavy responsibility. Like, you look at some of Goya's paintings that were very important political interpretations. Katie Kowitz as well. There's a lot of artists who have done some very significant. I'm talking about Goya's May 5th, you know, like I'm talking about very significant pieces. Is this art going to change the world? I don't know. Is it something that we can relate to, that we can we can jump on board and it makes us feel like someone else gives a shit? Yes. And so I and think at just... The sa- and at the same time, I'm sorry, but at the same time, it can change because I truly believe that Shepard Ferry's interpretation of this idealized Obama, where it said hope, helped swell the grassroots movement so that kids, the youth vote, got involved and people saw that image and they went to the voting booths. So that image changed the world. Now, can a negative image of Donald Trump change the world? I don't have the answer to that. But I could say that art can be so important and so overwhelmingly omnipresent and powerful it could change the way you fucking think and feel and act i completely agree with all of that and so i think that we have that wonderful shepherd fairy as an illustrative example of how positive art can affect change also matthew brady the photographer back in the 1800s he took photographs of abraham lincoln which we talked about that a little bit and lincoln said matthew brady won me this election so that's another example but the question still remains to be seen does that work as effectively in the reverse and ultimately we don't know that yet because we're so zoomed into this moment but for me I think it establishes community. I think it establishes catharsis. And it also, it promotes a conversation. And that's what we need. And we we have to be able to dialogue about these things, even if we don't agree with them. And it's funny. You know, at the end of yeah, the day, it's funny. it's funny. Like, you know, just like comedians talking about politicians and, and what's going on with their political agendas. Artists are doing it in more words than we could even know. You know, when I see Donald Trump interpreted as a deli meat fucking thing and it looks just like Donald Trump and it embodies his complete personality, or at least the personality that I know that's out there in the world, I mean, it's brilliant. It's just brilliant. And you laugh and you fuck and you go, wow, wow, just wow. And some of these portraits, like Tony Prose, wow. Robbie Canal, wow. You know, 
Uh, Hanksy, Plastic Jesus, in decline. Get, and- in decline. Just like in decline. Fucking genius. Wow. And the energy and the effort and the people that were involved, the amount of people that were took pictures of it and were surrounded by it and yep. the fact that they had the balls to do it, it shows you like, <laughs> no, but that alone no right balls. there shows you that that's America, that they had the fucking balls to put out the no balls of Trump. <laughs> and that alone is, is very courageous. And that kind of art in the face of this presidency is courageous because we're having less and less of a voice to say exactly what we want to say. We're still America. We're not Russia. We're because you're in Russia and you say some shit about Putin. You might just get thrown away. You might get locked up in the key, just thrown the fuck away. People do not do that in certain countries. We still have enough civil liberties to say whatever the fuck we want. Freedom of speech right here in art on the street. Hanksy in decline. Tony pro canal Delhi meets. Heart attack. Peace.